You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I want to go to a text today and talk a little bit about culture uh, and the culture of Awaken and what's something that is unique about this place. In uh, John chapter 6, Jesus goes in and uh, he's feeding the 5,000. And he goes to feed the 5,000, and we all know the story about the miracle of the loaves and fishes. But then he recognizes that they want to crown him as king after that because they see the signs and the wonders. And they're like, wow, this guy, they want to make him, they're looking for a king, and this is it. But his time's not ready. So he takes off, he goes to the mountainside, and uh, the disciples take off because they're they don't, you know, they're tired of the crowds too. I mean, and, uh, and they end up taking the boat all the way to Capernaum. And how many of the Sea of Galilee, if you've been out there, is not as small, it's not a pond. It's not the Carlsbad Lagoon. Uh, we're, we're not like skipping across the lake. I mean, it's, it's a sea, you know? And so they go all the way and they're in the middle of the sea. Jesus meets them out in the sea. And there's a lot of stories with that. They get to the other side and then the crowds the next day are like, where's Jesus? They go all the way and they start taking boats to go pursue Jesus. They hear he's in Capernaum and they go all the way out. How many know that's dedication? They're seeking Jesus. And they go, Jesus, where have you been? And he goes, you know, you're not seeking me because you saw a sign. And they don't know what, they're they're not totally in tune with what's going on. They just know that they're hungry. He said, but you're seeking me because you ate the loaves and fishes and you got filled. And he wasn't talking about the natural, obviously, but they thought that he was, but you ate of the manna of heaven and you got filled. And there's something unique happening here that we all can't deny is that there is a manna. When I'm in DNA and one of the first things we get to talk about and ask is like, hey, uh, what, you know, what drew you to this church? Why are you here? You know, why, I mean, what's so special about this place? They go, we don't know. There's something in the atmosphere. There's something about this place. There's something that is just, we feel a calling. The manna from heaven is in this place and it's feeding our spirit. It's, there is an anointing on the awakened. And we thank God for Pastor Jurgen and all the pastors that are here because they have been plowing for this anointing and there's a breaking in the heavens. And that's why there's an atmosphere and we're getting fed. That's why we're excited about what the awaken, what's happening in the awakened. Amen? Amen. And then... Then they, they said, well, but Jesus, what can we do to do work the works of God? John 6, 28, they, they, the crowds then said, what may we do to work the works of God? What a profound question. What a profound question that they asked because they said, we see you doing miracles. We want to do the works of God too. We want to do all that you're doing. This, this is cool. This, this miracle stuff is kind of cool. But Jesus said, no, the works of God, you don't get it. Don't, don't seek the sign. The works of God are to believe in the one in whom he has sent. Believe in him who the Father has sent. 
The Father sent Christ. They were seeking a sign, but Jesus, all the signs pointed to Christ. He says, I am the bread of heaven. I am the life. All things will come through me. And in this atmosphere, in this church, we we are experiencing the bread of heaven. We have Jesus in here. And I'm so grateful because the Bible says that it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm grateful because awaken, we know that we have been seeking God. How many been to the men's and the women's prayer? We've been seeking the Lord. And because we've been seeking God, we've been experiencing the rewards of God. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. There's a difference. There's something happening in this church that you just don't get in every other church. That's why people are coming here and going, there's something different. There is an activity of prayer. There's an activity of seeking. There's a there's an on-purpose choice to say, I'm going to pursue God. And as a result of believing in the one whom he sent, the miracles are happening. As a result, we're not seeking the signs. We're seeking the one whom God has sent. And as a result, the miracle working power power of God is in this place. How cool is that, right? How cool is that? Because of our prayer, because we have been, uh, we're, we're a people of prayer. We're a people that understand it. And Pastor Jurgen and our pastors understand the importance of prayer. We've been seeking God. And it, without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, prayer and seeking of God, it's attractive, Don't you want to be attractive to God? I'm attracted to my wife. I love you, babe. 25 years. Lord, will you stand up? 25 plus one. Let's go. 25 plus one. Time to have some fun. That's how the poem started, by the way. Not going to tell you I finished. There's some shoes thrown in there somewhere like that. (laughs) I know. Next time I will. But uh, I love my wife, and I'm attracted to my wife after 25 years. We want to be attractive to God. You know how we attract God? You know how we attract the presence of God? We're people that diligently seek him. We take action. What does it mean to be attractive to God? When God speaks, what what does it mean to believe God? Because God is speaking to everyone. We have an atmosphere where the word of God is dropping into your hearts. The word of faith is even very close near your heart. Whatever he's saying into you, believe him and what he has sent. Believe the word that's being sent to you and step into it. Faith looks like this. Faith looks like Pastor Jurgen. My, what, a, what a pioneer of faith. Moving from his, his old country when he had everything set and established. Everything was set for him. He had his ministry. He had his house by the coast. And God said, you're going to leave this and go to another country and start all over again. That's what faith looks like. That's what's stepping out and saying, I'm going to believe in the one in whom he has sent. That's what believing means. Believing means like, hey, maybe you're in a hospital. Maybe you're feeling wounded. I don't have faith. Like, a, I, you know, I'm not a monster of faith. Maybe you're, you're wounded here. But if you can just believe God to maybe you need to forgive somebody and you can take that action to forgive That's faith. That's believing God. Believing God where you're at. Believing God looks like, 
And I can tell you on a personal level, believing God looks like um, on Vision Builders this year. You, you know, two, two years ago, we, we had, you know, you pray with your wife and yeah, what, you know, what, what kind of type of word we get for vision builders. We were like right on. We're like, we're so spiritual. We're so, we're, we're so yoked together and we gave a great offering. We were so proud of ourselves. We're like, yeah, the same number. Can't deny it. This year, not so much. I was like, Laura, I tell you, let's divide the assets right now. You take this. Now, so I <laughs> just get so we had totally two different numbers, but I prayed about it a couple days later, and I realized the, God, the number that God dropped in her heart to give was the number that we are supposed to give, and it was completely different, and it was way beyond my comfort zone. But faith looks like believing when the one whom he has sent. And how many know? And I'll, I'll close with this. Faith looks like hanging out with good friends like Pastor Jesse, who we were talking about, uh, there's a property in San Diego that we were considering selling. And I said, oh, maybe we can get this price. And he goes, oh, heck no, we're going for this price. I go, come on. on. Let's not be stupid here. Let's not be like (laughs) But you know what? The laws have changed and that price is coming to pass. That's happening. Faith looks like hanging around with good friends that'll build you up, man. We're going to believe God for every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen? Amen. And next up, we've got, that's all I got to say, except we get to, I got to introduce our great friend and awesome speaker, Sweet Mel. Let's go. Good morning. I love that I'm in the middle. You guys can all take your seat. I told Pastor Sam, yeah, I fit right in. I was a middle child. I, I'm like the feeling in, inside of the middle of a cake. Like your three-layer cake you had last night was amazing, by the way. So I want to share with you today where our theme is on prayer. So if you're new or if this is your first time, we welcome you. Uh, the theme this month is on prayer. And I'm going to talk to you today about the one thing that changed everything in my life. So the scripture I'm going to start with is John 15. It's a a passage. It's a lengthy passage. So if you have time, I highly recommend you read the 17 verses uh, that Jesus is speaking. He talks here about uh, remaining. So the scripture that I'm going to start in is verse 4. It says, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So in this scripture, the the verse talks about remaining. It says remain 11 times. A lot of times when Jesus repeats himself, he's trying to get your attention. (laughs) So this verse got my attention. I was at a place in my life when I wasn't remaining. I wasn't connected to the vine. See, the way the passage starts out, it talks about the true vine. So if there's a true vine, there's also a false vine. So I was connected to a false vine, what I saw at the time as the best way, but God had another way for me. And I began to draw near to God. In this season, I came back to God. I'd walked away around college, and I came back, and uh, there's nothing like pain that will, will draw you back to God. 
So as I began to draw near to him, he began to come near to me. And it was in this season of my life, I was in a corporate job, and um, I had I'd got this job right out of college, and God blessed me in this season. I had everything at my disposal, whatever money literally could buy for me. I felt like it was a season where I did not lack. And there was a time that I heard God say, I'm calling you up, Melanie, and I'm calling you out of this career. And I want, you to, I want you to step into a season of trusting me. And so as I walked out of this career, I could not work in uh, this two-year two internship program at the church that I was a part of, God called me into, and I could, not, I could not work in this season. And I lived in a house. I had a company car. I had all, like I said, all the expenses and that money could buy. And in this season, God pulled me out and he said to me, I'm going to use you as a display to reveal my glory. And I'm going to show you that I am your provider. He became in that season of my life, Jehovah Jireh, which that means is that he provided. He provided and he's still providing in seasons of my life that I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Literally, I feel like even telling you this story, eight years later, it's literally like God reminding me, Melanie, I want you, I want you to just teach, teach, not just teach, but share what I've, ta- I've taught you. And what I, I learned in this season, how I learned to abide, how I learned to dwell in his presence is I, I began to pray the word. I began to pray the word and I, I would take this word, I would write it out and I literally would throw it in the middle of my floor in this season of my life. And I would declare, God, your word says that the lions may suffer want, but God, your word says that as I seek you, I will never lack. God, your word says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and you will add no sorrow with it and I thank you God that even though everything inside of me is uncomfortable I found a place in him that I've never known and what that looked like it looked like intimacy it looked like intimacy it was the intimacy Paul just talked about with his wife you see intimacy means intimacy. you see everything and God everything I have is because you gave it to me It wasn't mine. See, the thing that we don't realize sometimes or I don't is God's like, Melanie, everything you have is you is because it's my grace and my favor on your life. You did nothing to step into this on your own. I have given it to you and I want you to give it back to me. And so in this season of my life, he began to disconnect me from the wrong people and he began to draw me into his this secret place. He began to draw me into this place with him that I literally, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible that I read this week, and it talks about Moses. And it says that God drew Moses, an encounter, he had an encounter with God, and he met him face to face, like a man meets with his friend. God began to meet me in this season of my life like I'd never known. And so in that season, I began to practice his presence. And what that looked like, it looks like worship. It looks like worship. Sometimes when you don't know what to pray, you worship, you worship. You worship the one that is worthy. You worship the one that when everything on the outside looks like maybe it's bigger, maybe it looks like your business or your family is not going in the trajectory that you thought, it looks like, God, I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna praise you even when I don't see things shifting, even when I don't see things moving. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. And it also looks like no one likes this word, is, is waiting, waiting on God, right? Nobody has that on the refrigerator. 
<laughs> I don't. But it's patience. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and that means sometimes to suffer long. It means to suffer. And again, nobody not likes that scripture. But at the same time, it's we become more like him. Because see, Jesus learned, he learned obedience in a place where he suffered. And I've learned in this season of my life where I, I feel like, I'm like, God, where are you? Where are you in this area? And he said, Melanie, I want you to persevere. There's a scripture in Hebrews that says, for if you, you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what you've promised. You see, you may not see it yet, but it's coming. It's coming. What you're believing God for may not be here, but it's coming. But in this season, he's told, he's told me, Melanie, I want, you to look, I want you to have, there's two keys that are gonna unlock doors for you. I want you to have joy. And I want you to trust me. And there's a scripture that I've written out. It's in the Passion Translation. And it said, was all of your heart rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. You see, it's in this place of becoming intimate with the one that I don't know everything we don't know the future, but I trust in the one that holds the future in his hands, that even when I don't see it, God, I can declare, I believe that you're good and that you're faithful and you do not change and you are, not, you are the same. And he's brought me back to this place where he's told me, Melanie, I need you. I need you to feed on my faithfulness. I need you to remember. And I really feel like even standing here this many years later this week, <laughs> God has told me, I want you to remember that I'm the same and I do not change. And as you delight yourself in me, you delight yourself in me. You see, take your eyes on the desire, but delight yourself in me. And as you delight yourself in me, I will give you desires of your heart. And what I've learned is that he is, he is the only one that satisfies you see, I, like I said, I, I've, I didn't say this in the beginning, but I've traveled the world. I've had a lot. I've had a lot and I've had little. And Jesus is better. Jesus is so much better. He's so much better. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, but his ways are higher. His ways are higher. But what his word says after that, as just as the rain falls down from heaven and it doesn't return void, neither does my word. My word does not return empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it to do. God, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. God, I thank you, Father that I can expect that I will say like David said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that though my flesh gets tired and my heart grows weak, God, that you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That is what he's become for me. So God, I thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone in this place that is tired, if you feel weak, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand because see, God sees. He knows when you grow tired and he knows when you grow weak, but he says that those that hope in the Lord, he will renew your strength. He will renew your strength. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God. He says, and I will come, I will come and I will bring my word to pass that even though it waits, 
that even though it waits, it will surely come to pass. Thank you, God, for your goodness. I want to introduce the last powerhouse we have today. It's Mark Leposky. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It gets better and better. You guys are powerhouse preachers here. A lot hard to follow. So good morning, everyone. All right. Well, I, I told the first service uh, I had originally intended uh, for this message to be called Prayer, This is How We Fight Our Battles. And as I was uh, in the first service listening to Melly, Melanie bring it, um, you know, God kind of changed it on me. And so I want to read a verse to you um, because it's, this message title for me is called The Secret Place. Uh, Psalms 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I think uh, what God's put on my heart really is to kind of help convey to you um, kind of some of my experiences on how God has brought me into the secret place. You know, Melody's clearly in the secret place. She's abiding in that place with God. And so, you know, I, I, I went through a, a season uh, in my life. You know, I've been a Christian for a long time, grew up in church as a teenager, got saved, you know, fell away, did all the things that you should, shouldn't do. But God saved me and brought me uh, a beautiful wife as well, Julie. Um, and, um, and so I'm not going to say how many years. Um, <laughs> but we've got you beat just a little. Uh, but I, I just want to say that, um, you know, as, as, we've, as we've lived our life, uh, you know, we've kind of gone through what I'm going to call the normal Christian walk. But then as, as you begin to go through this walk, uh, it, it begins to get richer and deeper. And you start to take ground and you start to begin to believe uh, in some of these things and these precepts in the Bible and you begin to ex exercise them. And then you start to take ground, but honestly, if you're really not grounded, when you begin to take these steps, so you're building churches and you're taking, you're, you're putting offerings in, but if you're really not grounded in the word and in prayer, the enemy can attack you. And the enemy, and what God taught me, you know, seven or eight years ago, you know, things on the outside look great. You know, the career was great. You know, everything looked great, but I was getting attacked uh, incessantly from the enemy, depression, oppression, uh, problems. And, and I saw the people that were causing these, these problems. And I'm like, God, what's going on? And, and I kept, you know, looking at the flesh, not recognizing that these were attacks of the enemy in the spirit. I mean, I knew, but it wasn't really real. And, you know, as Melanie said, sometimes those painful moments is what makes how God makes you realize how to fight your battles. And so I was going to the gym in the mornings, and it wasn't helping me much. I probably weighed a lot less then. But um, I, just, I made a decision to, to start praying. And, and, and what God did over the course of the next seven years has kind of molded me, and, and he's taught me the difference between the spiritual realm and the fleshly realm. You know, and when, you know, when he created us, he created us a spirit. Adam lost it. Jesus got it back. When you got saved, when you made Jesus, when you decided to trust in the one whom God sent, he filled you with his spirit again. 
And, and so your spirit, when your voice is uttering the things of the spirit. And so that's how, and so I want to read a verse to you here out of Hebrews. Get on the right page. Uh, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, which is our flesh. That's our fleshly world that we live in. Um, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, praying the word enables you to pierce the veil between the flesh and the spirit. And so over these last six or seven years, as I started my prayer time, it wasn't easy. I started initially 15 minutes, then 20 minutes, then 30. And, and God began to unfold things for me as, as he began to teach me that I was fighting a spiritual battle. And so I began to begin to look at all these people that were causing me problems and realize it wasn't them at all. It was, it was the enemy behind them, deceiving. So, um, you know, I want you to, no, number one, first take away that your voice as a born-again believer is spirit. And when you declare the word of God into every situation that comes against you, God moves on your behalf. When you bind the enemy in heaven, I want you to, you've got to start visualizing what's happening. There are angels standing at the ready in heaven, waiting for you to loose them on this earth. How many angels are not being loosed and still, still waiting for their instructions? So, um, you know, now more than ever in the world that we're in, we can see it. The, the spiritual batters are becoming more evident, right? And so I think it's time that we begin to stop looking at these fleshly things and getting all caught up and emotional. And it's time we use what the Bible, you know, this, this Bible is an instruction book. It helps us understand. So, um, you know, it, in James 5.16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. But what does effective and fervent prayer look like? And so as I was asking God, I came to Ephesians. Um, and the first thing you have to recognize is what we've been talking about is uh, recognize who your enemy is. It's not the person that cut you off in traffic. It's not the boss that for whatever, no matter what you do, it just doesn't go the way you want. It's not the person you're in a legal disagreement with, right? These are all physical manifestations of the enemy attacking you in the spirit. And so Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not your might. You know, we've got to learn to lay these battles at his feet and speak his word and declare his word over them. That's how we fight our battles. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or tricks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities, the powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. How do we wrestle? That's the question, isn't it? It's not physical. So how are you wrestling with these spiritual attacks? What are you doing about it? Are you binding the enemy? Are you loosing the angels into this situation? Are you expecting God to move? So... Um, First, you need to have a strong defense by being rooted and grounded in God's word. 
The word is the weapon that you need inside of you. So you need to abide in that. Right, so therefore, and so Ephesians 6, 14 through 16, you know, good news for you, it's this all like three or six verses all together. Uh, Ephesians 6, 14 through 16 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day, yes, there will be evil days that come at you, but you don't have to worry. You can rest. Hebrews 4 tells us we can rest in the fact that we can take control of that situation with the word of God. So rest, and having done all to stand, remain. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. It's really understanding that when, you, when all this stuff starts happening, that you don't lose your joy anymore. That you begin to recognize that it's attack of the enemy. And you don't, and you don't, you don't actually, you don't, you resent those people, you pray for them. And so my list has gotten longer <laughs> over the course of uh, these last seven years as God has really taught me how to fight these battles. And, and, but it's not just about defense. God's, you know, in God's army, there's offense. You know, and he's enlisting you into his army. So step three and, and finally is to attack the enemy by declaring God's word and asking God to move specifically into your situation. You know, it, there was a, a story in, in the Old Testament with Elisha. The king of Syria was coming to attack him in the city of Dothan. And Elisha, uh, his servant, was all worried. He's like, there's an army out there. And Elisha says, God, open his eyes that he may see that those that be uh, are for us are larger and more than those that are against us. And and he prayed a specific prayer, and his servant's eyes were open, and he saw the flaming chariots and the angels all along the mountainside. You know, our job is to pierce the difference between the flesh and the spirit by, by exercising our faith and moving and speaking the words into these situations. So uh, Ephesians six seventeen and 18, take the helmet of salvation which is your spiritual position and authority in Christ. That's what it is. It's the blood of Jesus that you received him as your savior. And that's your spirit. You are with him and you sit with him at the right hand of God. And you've already won. You've just got to exercise what, the God, what God has told you to do. His word. And then it says, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's what we've been talking about. And then it says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know, Melody mentioned it, you know, waiting and patience is tough. But the consistent, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. And what I want to encourage you today is that's for you. If you are saved and you made, if you chose to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have the ability to not fight these battles in the flesh anymore. You don't have to get worried or anxious. You can rest in the knowledge of th that this word of God will work for you. You can bind that enemy's ability to influence and attack your life. And you can loose the angels to move on God's behalf. God is getting, Jesus gave us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
Not, not some, all the power of the enemy. All right. How many of you are ready to move into the secret place? All right. You can all stand. I'll let Pastor Samuel tell you how to move into the secret place. Amazing. Man, stay standing. We'll head out here in just a few moments. But can we thank our three amazing preachers? So good. The only problem with doing so well is you're going to get asked to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, so hope you're hoping for that. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We're so thankful for your voice and your amazing families as well. And I want to honor you guys for that. I love how God always threads a theme together in these three by tens. You know what I mean? Where they didn't study together. They didn't pre-plan together. But the Holy Spirit is weaving a message this, this message of faith, this message of, uh, of fighting, this message of staying in that secret place, you know, connecting with God. Everything flows out of that relationship with God. Everything flows from that place. So no matter where you're at right now, if we're going to advance, if we're going to mature, if we're going to find peace, if we're gonna, all, that, all that begins with that kind of beginning question of where am I in my relationship with God, right? Have I made the decision yet to give my, my life to Jesus? Because that's where it all starts, right? Everything then builds from that. Everything flows from that. So we're, we're going to have some awesome opportunity here for, for ministry at the end. I'm going to have our, our team come up in a little bit. And if, if something in this message just connected with you. It's something this message really, man, I want to begin to step into prayer at another level. I loved at the end of the first service, someone in the lobby said, hey, could you teach me how to pray? And I said, absolutely. We'll see you on Tuesday first. And then, yeah, let, let's do this, right? And, and maybe you're like that, man, I need to know how to pray. I, I want to have power. I want to operate in that authority that you guys are talking about. Well, first it's comes with salvation. We'll talk about that in a second. But the other thing is you get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to give you that opportunity right now. You don't have to leave here without the power, without speaking in tongues. Maybe you're like, what the heck does that even mean? Just come down and uh, and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It'll change everything. It's an absolute game changer. I think one of you guys said it in the first service of this one. I've prayed with the, without the Holy Spirit. I've prayed with it. It's better with it. Okay? It's better with it, that power of God that wants to flow through you. But before we give you that space and that opportunity, we got to give you the first most important thing is that decision of whether or not you've decided to give, put your life in Jesus' hands, right? Whether or not you've decided you're going to follow him. Are you still following your own way? Are you still trying to do things in your own strength? Still trying to just be a good person or try to do all the right things. Or maybe even in culture, we kind of think like, man, if, we, if my good outweighs the bad, then I'll be good. That, that's not how salvation works. See, we may have the best intentions, but our sin has separated us from God. The only way to bridge that gap is when a perfect sacrifice would come, and that was Jesus. And when Jesus went to the cross died on that cross for you and for me that that death and his life is what the exchange is where i go man i i want to be right with god and he wants you to be close to him as well that's why he sent jesus and when he paid that debt that debt and that gap between us and the father 
was eliminated once and for all. And all we have to do is believe in the one who, who is sent. Believe in Jesus. Put your faith in him, right? So with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, asking that question of yourself, where are you at with God? Have you made that decision yet to follow him? Have you, have you allowed him to clean you up, forgive you your sins? You don't have to carry the weight of sin anymore. Man, it can feel like such a burden. It can feel like overwhelming sometimes. But you know, Jesus can forgive that, heal that, remove that from your life and bring you close to him. Maybe you've never made that decision. You've resisted it, but today's the day. You've never made the decision to follow him. In a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to say, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going all in. Or maybe you've done that in the past, just over a series of life and experiences and whatever. Maybe you feel like you've run from God, you've pushed away, you've, you've been distant from Him, and you just know that God brought you here to kind of draw a fresh line in the sand and say, okay, I'm back, I'm all in. Jesus, I need you. I'm going to surrender my life to you. If that's either one of those scenarios that you fall into, whether it's for the first time or as a recommitment, on the count of three, I just want you to boldly lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. It's going to be an amazing moment. So right now, if that's you, on the count of three, just lift up your hand. One, two, three. Just go and lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. Say, that's me. Nice and nice so I can see it. Awesome. Anybody else who say, that's me? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Nice and high. Awesome. Amazing. Here's what we're going to do. I want us to pray for those in the room who are either responding or about to. And then I also want us to think about this. Here, here's something that matters to me. You know, sometimes we're going to have a, uh, you know, I, I never want there to be a, a Sunday where people aren't giving their life to Christ because I, I never want there to be a Sunday where we're not inviting new people, right, who don't know Jesus yet. Um, but I want us to be intentional about believing for reaching a city, right? Reaching our friends, our family, our neighbors. So right now, I want you to think of one, two, three people in your world. As we pray this prayer, I want you to think about some people in your world that need Jesus, coworkers, family, neighbors, whatever. People in your world that need Christ, that we're going to believe, we're going to start praying for them to come to come to a relationship with Jesus. We're going to start praying for the opportunity to invite and bring them so they can encounter the presence of God, right? We're going to believe that we're going to be able to share our faith in a way that they can receive that. So I want you to think about those people right now as we pray. And I want all of us to repeat this prayer because there's some in the room right now who are making a decision for the very first time to follow Jesus. So everyone say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die on the cross from my sin and you rose him from the dead to give me life. Today, I choose to turn from my sin and follow you with all my heart for the rest of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up and empower me. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.